you got boys, you got competition. You do that have competition. That is very they likely. They love competition. I don't think that's necessarily a bad thing. No, I don't, but it can get bad. So how can you make the competition something that can be beneficial even? Well, hello everybody. I'm Hal. And I'm Melanie. And we want to welcome you back. We are in the middle of a discussion about how to raise a culture of sibling unity and not sibling rivalry. How to have peace in your home, even though you got a whole bunch of active kids. Even if you have six boys in a row like we did. Yeah, learn that. Well, you got boys, you got competition. You do that have competition. That is very likely. They love competition. They crave it. In fact, you know, these non-competitive games that they played in PE by the time. They're not even games. Yeah. They where, don't count. Like, you know, you play with the, with the um, parachute material and everybody lifts up the parachute and then it floats down and then everyone lifts it up and it floats down. I never figured out how, how to score that. You don't. don't everybody wins. It's just beautiful. No, nobody wins. If everybody wins, beautiful. nobody wins. <laughs> A guy did not make that no, up. They you know? did not. No, they did not. Okay. Guys want to win and right. they want to test their strength. They mm -hmm. want to know where they fit in the pecking order. They want to know how strong they are and are they able to stand up? I don't think that's necessarily a bad thing. No, I don't, but it can get bad. It can be bad. And within a family, it, it can be dicey because you've got all different ages. Yes. And you may have you may have a 17-year-old son and a 5-year-old son and neither one of them wants to recognize that the other is different. You know, the 5-year-old wants to take on the 17-year-old do everything 17-year-old does. The 17-year-old gets upset the 5-year-old wants to knock him and wallops him. What wallops him in the next week because like, he's like Wait a minute. <clears throat> wait a minute. You weigh 195 pounds and mm -hmm. this child weighs 45 pounds. Excuse yeah, but he me? Stepped, he stepped on yeah. my foot. You, you don't realize, wait a minute, there, there's a big difference Yeah, they here. don't see it. They just see each other's siblings. Uh -uh. So, they can't see the differences. So how can you make the competition something that can be beneficial even? And some, Well, one thing is they can compete against themselves. Okay. You know, be mm -hmm. your best time. Let's all well, see if we can beat our best time. Well, you, you do that with their math worksheets. I'll pass out math worksheets, uh, 100 sheets. Yeah. In, in our family, if you can score, if you can do 100 sheet in less than five minutes, all the for addition, subtraction, multiplication, division, you get to use a calculator. So there's a lot of motivation. Okay. Now, what I don't tell them is that means they've memorized the math facts. They don't need to not use a calculator any longer. Right, right, anyway, right. but I'll pass them out. And the 17 year old that passed it three years ago will walk by and say, Hey, can I have one of those? He just wants to compete. We'll see how well he can do. And so they can compete against their own times. Mm -hmm. You can um, give kids a handicap. Okay. Like for example, if they are competing on throwing the football in the front yard, right. the little kid gets to start closer to the finish line than the, than the kids in the back. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You know, the, the, the younger, the weaker child gets a handicap. You can also do is work it together as teams. Well, I mean, we found that was really effective as the ages spread out. And what we would do, let's say if you had 
let's say you had six boys like we did and they're ranging in age from like 18 down to what would the youngest be at that point six and the boys were 14 years apart so yeah four, four, five, four yeah. five okay so you have the 18 year old pairs up with the four-year-old okay yeah. and then the 16 year old pairs up with the six-year-old and you move them together like that you know you squeeze them in so that the the two that are in the center are paired up but then the older they are the younger they have as a partner because often the little kid just wants to shake the dice and move the man and mm -hmm. the older kids want to get into strategy and and to pair them together like that allows everybody to get what they want and it's neat to see the relationship building that does. And you can do things like you say, okay, um, you older guys are not allowed to use your hands. You have to tell the younger one what to do. Yes. And so you could say, you know, they're sitting there and you could say, okay, now I want you to move that piece four spaces farther on the board. Do you tell me, tell me where that's going to go. Okay. Yes. Move it there. And, and you know, that's, Try that. You know, that's actually, that's a pretty good skill to be able to give, to give directions. <laughs> it is. And <clears throat> and they've enjoyed that a lot. Mm -hmm. I was so happy when we discovered that because for a long time, our kids wanted to play games, mm -hmm. but the little kids couldn't play the same games as the big kids. And it was, it was hard. Yeah. And when we figured that out, then suddenly everybody wanted to play games all the time. Mm -hmm. And they'd play Clue. They'd play Millborns. They'd play Monopoly, all kinds of different things. Mm -hmm. And so, I think that that's a healthy way to do competition. Okay. The important thing is to remind them too, that ultimately they're on the same team. That yeah. ultimately in real life, they're on the same team. So just like you might have that games and competitions within our family, were like scrimmages on a football or soccer team where mm -hmm. we're playing against ourselves so that we can increase our strength. But the real competition is out there. You know, we've got a whole chapter about this in Raising Real Men, and we look at the biblical case that says that, hey, you know, athletics and competition are biblical in well, proper well, balance. That they're not something to be. A lot of Christians argue that they're not, though. Well. But I don't see that in Scripture because in Scripture, mm -mm. you know, God does not use a bad thing as an analogy for a good thing. And we see that our Christian life is spoken of as a race that we run. Run the race that's yeah. set before you. And you see through through the Old Testament, you see in the kingdom of in the kingdom of Israel that there were men who were renowned for their strength and they were honored for their strength, but they had expectation that, hey, you've got the strength that you need to be in the army. You are a warrior and a leader, you know, using that God strength. God has given you the given strength you. for a purpose. And that's not to say that, hey, you know, this guy is strong and you're not as strong as he is, so you're worthless. And no, no, it's not saying that at all, but it's recognizing the excellence where excellence exists and that the competition, whether it's wrestling or whether it's running a race or, or anything else, you know, it's spoken of as something that when done in the proper balance, according to rules, Paul specifically says you've got to compete according to the rules. Yes. You know, those but are, to race is so as to win. Right. And so those are good things. Those are good things to exercise at home and to recognize and to teach to your kids. Hey, you know what? We can have fun doing this, but it's really practice for the bigger conflict that we're called to engage in in the world around us. Okay. Yes. And so, yeah, those are some good things to think about. And when we teach them those things, then competition can be fun in our family and it can be beneficial. It can be a good thing. Mm -hmm.
And it can be super motivational because you know what? Mm-hmm. My guys will do those math sheets. <laughs> yeah. And they will they will race to be do it faster than their brother, even if all they win is a gummy bear. Yeah. <laughs> because it's the winning. <laughs> well, that's a you know, that's a good thing. And you know, in the in the next segment, Hal, I want to talk about how can you help kids to build relationship together? How can mm-hmm. you build the positive part of relationship with your among your siblings, the kids, the siblings in your home? How can you help them to to be on the same team and to become friends? Okay. Well, I think that's a good thing. We ought to come back after that break. And so that'll be in our third segment. And if you're just joining us in this one, jumping into the middle, we want to encourage you to look us up online at halandmelanie.com slash radio. For our podcast or RaisingRealMen.com for our blog and resources. And you can call our listener response line at 919-295-0321. We'd love to hear your questions. And they will address them in a future podcast.
You've been listening to Making Biblical Family Life Practical with Hal and Melanie Young. If you found this program interesting, challenging, and encouraging, why not join us on the web at halandmelanie.com. That's H-A-L-A-N-D-M-E-L-A-N-I-E.com. Or follow us on social media. You can find us on Facebook at Facebook slash Hal and Melanie or Facebook.com slash Raising Real Men. This program is a production of the Ultimate Homeschool Radio Network. Join us next week when we'll be back to talk about making biblical family life practical. Until then, thank you and God bless you for listening.